Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a different kind of podcast where we have real, deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are certainly ahead of their time and worthy of yours. So listen as I take your favorite entrepreneurs off a pedestal and onto a bar stool right next to you. In life, it all comes down to building powerful, long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. You know, we all see that highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, but I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it all out. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So I'm Beth, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I help entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their business and gain exposure through collaboration and media so they can make their mark on the world. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life forward. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible on Behind the Spotlight. You know when you meet somebody and they just have a really nice vibe about them? That's the way I feel about my next guest, Danielle Slagle. She went from a multi-six-figure VP role at a huge Fortune 500 company, but left it because she was empty and knew that she could use her sales skills to help women in business sell their services. Wait to listen to who she really is, how she really is, and the way she wants us all to show up in the world. Danielle, I'm so happy to have you with me today. It's so nice to meet my online entrepreneur besties offline. (laughs) I'm so happy. I feel like we connected one time on one phone call. I bought the cocktail book and now here I am on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. No, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted you on the podcast is because I connect with your vibe. I connect with your message and I can, and and we connected, honestly, you know, I was telling some of our other friends, I'm like, I got to talk to Danielle and we had such a good time. It was so nice. And, you know, having the podcast, I get to call those same people that I get to connect with once in a while and really get to know who they are. I know that you're getting married. So first I wanted to congratulate you on a COVID marriage. So congratulations on that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) If you can, if you can plan a COVID wedding, you can probably get through a lot. Uh, yes, <laughs> That's, I've been married for 20 years and we've been together for 24. So I totally agree. I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I always say like, I always say to my friends getting married, no matter what age they are, it's all about being authentic, vulnerable and open. Mm. And I think that's like the key to getting through COVID without your spouses or your partner or your kids, really, you know, be like, you need to step back because I'm going to rip your eyes out because I feel like this. And they go, okay, thank you so much for telling me rather than you're an asshole. Ah! Right. Pack that into like a two bedroom apartment too. So take like wedding planning, COVID and put it into a, an apartment. It's a lot, but you, but you know, from knowing you and knowing your background, you, you know, you take on big tasks and are able to be successful with them. I do. I, you know, looking back on it, it's funny to hear you frame it that way. Um, But it's definitely true. I'm, I'm, I'm someone that if I've thought of it or I've seen someone else do it, I'm typically like, well, I'll be resourceful and I'll figure it out. Yeah, I think that's the the heart of you have to, if you're not like that, I think it's very hard to be an entrepreneur because when you start being an entrepreneur, most entrepreneurs do not have a bankroll and it's really bootstrapping it and figuring it out. And you gave up a pretty big career to then go out on your own. I did. And it's something that I always want to be so 
open a, about is when it, you know, if being an entrepreneur is something that you are thinking of doing or something that you've always thought of doing, there's never like a right time to pull the plug or there's never enough money or anything. <laughs> and I don't want ever, I don't ever want someone to think like, well, they either had their, you know, someone in their family is an entrepreneur or they saved up all of this money or they have a special gift. I'm, I'm definitely someone that is, that is a firm believer in if it's something that you want to do, and you believe in yourself even just a little bit and you're resourceful that you can 100% figure it out and that's exactly what I did I was in a role that I that I genuinely loved the culture was not a fit for me and so I got to the point where I was going to need to make a decision to leave and I tell the story of whenever I did first start my business I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do or who I was going to serve and I think people wait to really try and figure that out or um what are they going to price things at? And, and I don't think people talk about it enough where it truly is like diving in and learning along the way. And how you start your business is probably going to look really, really different after one year, three year, five years. Um, it just kind of evolves. So something I'm, oh. I'm, I'm like always want to talk about because I think it's really, really important. So, and I appreciate that, but um, can you talk a little bit about what you do just so our audience can understand that? Sure. Yeah. So I now have my own um, consulting business. It's essentially, I have consulting services and I work with six and seven figure entrepreneurs on really scaling their business. I have different masterminds that I hold for like the entrepreneur in the middle and really uh, thrive in a community. It's my absolute favorite program. And then I also have courses and um, group programs on an education platform. So those three different buckets. And I felt as though after a little over 10 years in corporate, in different sales and strategy roles. Uh, something I'm really, really good at is I, I love bringing people together. I love fostering relationships. My brain is very like methodical and strategy oriented. So I always need to know like, what are all the steps? How are we going to get there? And then of course, you know, we want to be profitable. So I always want to bring that skill set to different entrepreneurs. And you do. And I know people in those groups and they're, and they're flourishing because of you. But what I find really interesting, and I think I find it interesting because I'm not really this way, um, I'm <laughs> community. I've always been parts of a community. Um, my friends always tell me that I'm a chief and not an Indian. So I don't know how easy I am sometimes to do things where, um, but I know that comes from growing up. And you know, so I, I grew up in a neighborhood where there were lots of kids and I played both sides. I like, we would, you know, war against each other. And I'd be like, I'm going to be a secret spy for you. And I'm going to be a secret spy for you because I always just wanted to be in the mix and know what's going on. Did you have, like, what was your upbringing like and, and, and how did community really start for you? So that story, even just hearing you say it that way, I want to talk about a story that is like earlier than like a high school experience that sounds so similar to that. But growing up, we, I, the story that comes to mind is we lived in this neighborhood and it was on a dead end and there were probably close to like 50 houses and I remember getting on the bus and I would always see all of these kids, but then after school or on the weekends, we wouldn't see any kids. And there was never anyone that was essentially like bringing people together or knocking on doors or really like rallying the troops for release or for different mm -hmm. games. And right. so 
I ended up being that person. And I ended up being the person like knocking on doors or pulling together the different games we were going to play because I, I like thrive on that kind of stuff. I'm always wanting to, even now as an adult, I always want to be like hosting the party or having mm-hmm. people over. Yeah, uh, It's just something that I really enjoy and I love learning from other people. And so I think early on it was, how can I just bring different age groups together and different kids together um, so that I don't just have to be sitting at home. I was an only child for 11 years. So maybe that played into it where I needed to like seek (laughs) friends and entertainment outside of the house. But then similarly into high school, whenever I'm growing up and there's, you know, different groups of friends and, and you typically, I think most kids, like they end up choosing one, one side or one group or another. And I Mm -hmm. always had a really hard time doing that. And I never understood like, well, why can't we all get along? Like, why does there need to be this divide? And so I like that you told that story because that brought that. Yeah, I think that when I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, they're kind of like, we're we're really, we want to gather because we want to learn from everybody. But like when you told that story, I had this little, like little Danielle being like, hi, do you want to come out and play? (laughs) That's truly what it was. Like, I, I don't know if everyone just had siblings and just was having like a good time inside, but I needed to like, we needed to be on bikes and we needed to be, you know, Mm -hmm. running around in the neighborhood. And so that is such like a vivid memory I have. Uh, it's a really good memory. I, you know, unfortunately my kids had a little bit of that, but it's not the same. I don't know where you, by you, but I see kids here in Jersey, they're on their bikes, on their phones. And it makes yeah. me, cr- I'm like, what? I don't get why that's fun. I mean, I remember being outside and it was like, you, you basically were being like forced to come inside and you didn't yeah. want to come inside and you would be out as long as you could playing. And so i I always say it's really interesting because even we live in the city, but even driving through neighborhoods, I'm like, where are all the kids? Like, where is everyone? So yeah, my kids are always outside. Thank God. Good. <laughs> but playing, you know, playing sports and that kind of stuff, which is always fun. But, you know, I think that like we were talking about, I think that being an entrepreneur, you, you have to want to reach the masses. You have to want to get your message out. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have a problem with the clarity of what their message is. I, I'm an example, you know, I started nutrition, I wrote this book, and now I'm doing more business and publicity. And then, you know, I found this podcast for myself, which is just so much more aligned with everything I created. And I can see the dots back to where it was. So in your business, can you see the dots back to maybe like in, in school or out of school, even when you were working in, in high in, you know, fortune 500s about yeah. you know, how you treat your people today? I definitely feel like, once you get into like a spot in your business that feels really good, and then you can reflect on previous positions, you're like, oh, that did make sense. I'm not really sure uh, whenever I was in that role, if I was like, I I could see the bigger picture, but absolutely being at like a fortune 500 right out of college, I was in a like sales operations type role. So already like learning how important relationships are, and then um, as I moved in out of fortune 500 and went to a smaller tech startup, my sole responsibility was retaining clients and how do I uh, bring clients in and make sure we keep them, make sure they're happy, make sure they want to continue paying us. And so it only really makes sense that now I do that same thing for not only my business, but teach others how to do that. And I'm not so sure that, you know, I remember being in a fortune 500 company thinking like, am I going to do this the rest of my life? Or like, is Mm. this really what I was meant to do? And and it got better as I moved into the smaller organization because I had a little bit more authority and I had a team and I really was enjoying that. Um, but then the culture came in, came into play. And so I think after 
11 years of that, it, there, now there's a lot more clarity on like, okay, this is what led me, all of that led me to this. That's really interesting because I, I've never really been corporate. I worked in corporate TV, which is, you know, I sit at a desk for two hours and then go with a cameraman and do something. Like it wasn't yeah. the same kind of thing. He told me, like, I, I'm interested because I talked to a lot of women that have a corporate background and now do, you know, are online entrepreneurs. And I, 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 it's a, I guess I feel, yeah, I can say like a little less than because mm -hmm. I didn't get that structure. I didn't get that, you know, whatever business you were in, but you still learned that like basic structure of how to run a business, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. You know, I think what really comes to mind for me as far as it, it may not have been so much learning the direction we were going to go in. I'm speaking for myself, but mm -hmm. it was more of the like, okay, I did this role. Here's different pieces that I did like about it. And I really learned a lot of like what I never want to do. And I okay. think as, as someone that came from corporate, and I think a lot of people from corporate are probably um, a little bit guilty of this, but as we start our own businesses and get those up and running, we almost feel like we have to talk about our corporate job to, to build our own authority. And I feel credibility. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we tap into that all the time and we talk about it. And I just was talking about this to a mastermind group of mine where I feel like as women in corporate, like no one is paying me for that specific experience. It was very different than, than really how like I run my business. Mm -hmm. uh, and so really getting comfortable talking about where you are in the business, in your entrepreneur, in your own business versus like leaning on your corporate uh, credibility. And so I feel like as someone from corporate, we almost use that as a crutch. And so it makes people that aren't in corporate or didn't come from corporate feel less than, but yeah. really, I feel like it's our own insecurity <laughs> of being like, I don't have anything, you know, if someone's business isn't uh, where they want it to be yet, or they're just starting, I feel like we use that a lot as a crutch. And so there is a lot of insecurity there. And it's interesting that someone from the other side also experiences that yeah. insecurity. But I feel like as someone that was in corporate and is fairly early on in their own business, a lot of the times, instead of even talking about the wins in my own business, I, I will talk about like my role in corporate where like, to be honest, it sounds fancy, but it's, it means nothing. It does, you know, it, it meant yeah. something then it means right. very little now. Well, I appreciate you being open about that because I do. And I'm sure a lot of other women in my position feel that way too, because I didn't have that experience. I was talking to uh, the editor-in-chief of magazines this morning who, you know, had the, has the kind of life and the kind of career that I thought I was going to have. And I made the choice to be home with my kids instead. And I had the conversation with her and I was like, oh, we ended up the same place, you know, in, inside. She's got this amazing job that I, that I just want to be a part of. <laughs> but, you know, she's got this amazing job that, but we, in our heads and our souls, we ended up the same place. Um, and we talked a lot about insecurities because I think that we need to share more about like our motivations behind things. And I've heard from you and from other people too, you know, I have these rock star stories and they're great and everything. And I had a freaking fabulous time, um, doing it, but it, you know, there's, it, it lends to my credibility of knowing what I'm talking about, but it really has nothing to do with what I actually do. It's just, I ha I, I opened my mouth and got myself a good opportunity. Is really what it is, you know. Yes, it was fun to go on planes and to be at the MTV Movie Awards and all that, do that, that kind of stuff. 
But I honestly don't know how to project manage the way somebody who was a project manager does and how to do that. Absolutely. And I think there are skill sets from people that, you know, if they have a very um, like transferable skill set like that, yes. and you can now go and teach people that, I absolutely. Um, but as far as having that kind of, and, and really, if you think about it, Beth, it really just comes down to like, whatever, whatever your credibility is, it's just in what you did previously, whether you want to mm -hmm. put the overarching umbrella of like corporate over that, or right. what you were doing previously, I think credibility can be defined as either. I think that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. But I wanted to ask you also about, um, you said you in the tech startup, you were tasked with keeping people in the business and continuing paying you. Are there things that you learn there that now you teach and that now you mm. learn in your business? Yeah. So we had a, a separate sales team that was always charged with going out and bringing new clients in. And then my team's responsibility was after that initial sales point, we now had to make sure that for the rest of their contract, so years afterwards, that they wanted to continue working with us and we were providing value. And that skill set of like relationship building and listening to your client and making sure that you're constantly like evolving your services to meet their needs and almost like ahead of the game. I absolutely teach that. Um, and that is something that I learned. I think what I really take from that experience into my own business is that is something that not everybody is good at. And I didn't know that. And I would have assumed like, well, of course, retention is, you know, important to everyone, or of course they treat their clients like this, or, um, of course they want to build and foster relationships. And what I really learned is people, one, that's not innate to everyone, um, nor do they love it. And don't even get me started on how people even feel about like sales or selling things. <laughs> and so I think that skill set is some, is one that I, I've learned, you know, throughout having my own business, how not everybody has that. And it's really important to scaling a business. And so that oh, yeah. is really where I come in and, you know, want to help other women understand that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that I, for a long time, didn't realize how good I was at certain things and how other people weren't good at them because mm -hmm. I, I'm good at this. Like my, so my parents are entrepreneurs. My parents own car washes. They've done travel. They've all have different businesses since I was little. And I, feel like I have the same skills or the same, you know, I'm good at the same things that they were because they taught me, you know, I mm -hmm. built on them. Um, but then being in business and talking to other entrepreneurs and talking with our clients, and I'm like, oh, not everyone can just talk. Not everyone can sell, not everyone, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I think that we need to talk about that more. So it's not a secret because I'm not very good at, like, I'm not very organized. Like if you were to look at my stuff, you probably would, your head would explode. <laughs> I, it's organized for me and I know how to work everything, but I'm not like, you know, an atypical organized person. Um, and I think expressing that to our audiences and letting people know like the real behind the scenes and not the brand behind the scenes is mm. really valuable. I do too. And I definitely think that even when we're like positioning our services, it's like, we aren't, there are so many things in my business that I need like support on and need help on. It's just this one area of the big picture that I'm like an expert at, but I don't, I feel like when people come to like you for your services or me for my services, it's like, they're coming to us for our expertise on that, that specific thing. And I, I mm -hmm. hope that there's not this 
um, expectation in which like we've got it all together or like that everything's <laughs> perfect and that we've, we know every side of the business and all angles because there are other people that are experts in that area that I would be more than willing. And I do this with my own clients. If they come to me for something and I'm like, that is just not in my wheelhouse, I would probably like do more like hurt, <laughs> more <laughs> harm than anything. So yeah, showing them, it's not showing, I always want to be like careful on how I phrase this because I think there's like this um, notion on you have to be like messy and show the behind the scenes and like how terrible it is, but it's just maybe showing like what it really is like. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I told you like there is stuff everywhere. I <laughs> I'm the queen of lists. So I probably have like 107 lists um, that aren't completed. And so right. I, I think you're right on us showing that side of things to know, like we're really good at this thing and everything else is probably like, just like them. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and I, I have people that do those things for me so that I can do this one thing for you. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a notebook taker. Like mm -hmm. if I take notes, I'll remember it. So I don't look back at the notebooks, but I write everything down. Beth, I'm the exact same way. I have all the notebooks, all the sticky pads. I write everything down. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, what am I going to do with that? Yeah. Nothing. That, then what? I'm never yeah. referring back. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm like, it's all in my head and it'll come out. That's, that's very funny. No, I think, I think all, us being more honest about that, uh, you know, and, and, and um, expressing it to the people that just watch us or that are aware of what we're doing, I think will be more helpful because I do get clients that think that, that, that I do everything myself, you know, new people do that. I think people have been in this business for five or 10 years, like under, understand, and a, and a couple of people in our sphere that just started and started with basically an agency, you know, they have all those people in place. I was like, that's freaking brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? Honestly. Well, and I think that also gets you more comfortable with like the investment in your business. And I, I, mm -hmm. I feel like people at first, they're a little leery of like the initial investment to like start a business or get it going. And then it's really being honest around like, it's almost like a consistent in investment. It's not just like mm -hmm. a one-time startup fee, <laughs> no. you know, this is like a monthly, we've got people, we've got systems, things that need to be invested in frequently or else it probably will fizzle out. And I don't know if people talk about that either. Um, and no. the earlier that you can get comfortable with like investing in making smart decisions and investing in people or systems or anything like right. that, I think the better off you'll be. Oh, I wish I had learned that earlier because I did try to do everything for myself for a long time. And then when I started hiring people, I was like, oh, just be good at what I'm good at. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> now I understand. I totally get it. But you know, I think that bleeds into a lot of my, the rest of my life. I have somebody, well, not right, not during COVID, um, but I have somebody that comes clean to my house every two weeks because guess what? I'm not very good at it. Right? Same. I'm just not. So likewise with having someone coming in and cleaning, it was the same with a dog walker. And it really mm -hmm. came down to things that you don't necessarily have to be bad at, but just things that you're like, mm, I really could use that time to do something else other than spend it cleaning or walking the dog yeah. or, you know, any, any of those other tasks. Taking care of my children would have been nice. I didn't have anyone do that. I, I did that all on my own. <laughs> But they're big now, so they kind of take care of me or, or my dogs, they take care of me too. You know, so looking good on the outside, I think that part of what we do as business women that we have to we have to look good on the outside. Our brand needs to look put together. Our message needs to be on point so that people, it connects with people. But what we're, 
underneath it, talk, I would love for you to talk a little bit about what's underneath it for you. Like what, where your message comes from and, and why it's so important to you. Oh, and I actually think my message, depending on like the day or the month, like it probably is changing and it, it really does evolve for me. But something that I really feel is, is so important, regardless of whether you have your own business or you work in corporate, I just think the importance of, and this will sound a little like, I don't know what you want to call it, like a little bit of like woo type stuff. But I really think the, I like the woo. So keep going. Like the importance (laughs) of like self-love and self-discovery. I talk a lot around like confidence and being confident, but the more that I'm really leaning in and learning about confidence, it's anyone can have it. And it all really goes back to like, how well do you really know yourself and really believe Mm -hmm. in yourself? And that I feel like is always my message is anyone can do what I do. Anyone can do what you do. Anyone can start their own business. Um, and be successful, it really begins with that, the inner, the inner work, the inner discovery, and continuing to learn about yourself. So it's not like you one day, you're so familiar with yourself. And you're like, Oh, my God, I love myself. Now I get it. This is like an ongoing, I think this is like a lifetime journey. And when you're learning new things about yourself, or you're discovering um, maybe how you used to be and versus how you now want to be. And I just think that is is so important. It's something I absolutely work on and continue to work on as far as learning more about like who I want to be today and mm-hmm. how does this really play out into my future. But I think it's it's so important. And yes, like the pretty branding or the, you know, what you put out or what people are familiar with is is really great. But at the end of the day, or if that all goes away, like you still are like you're still you. And this is going to look so different in a couple of years. And so I feel like if you're not even doing any type of, of, of inner, of that inner work, um, it's going to be really difficult. I do, you know, I totally agree. It makes me think of when I first started my business, which was 2008, nine. Um, I've been online for a long time. I was, I thought that business was about telling you how great I was. I really did. You know, this is what I'm making. This is what I'm creating for dinner and look how great my tablescape is and look how great my chili is. Like, and until I realized, you know, honestly, until let me think back and my husband had lost his job when everyone else lost their job. Um, and I had to go back to work and I worked, thank God I was able to go work for my parents. I got the chance to step back and be like, Oh, that this is how I don't want to be. And this is how I want to be. And it made a big difference in my life because I grew up in a way that I, I was going to be the stay at home mom. I was going to be the head of Hadassah, which is like a Jewish organization. I was going to be PTA president and I was going to play tennis, even though I've never played tennis in my entire life, but I was going to be like one of those ladies. Um, and as soon as I got into actually being a mom, I was like, Oh, that's not for me. I cannot have lunch every day. I'm going to kill myself, but be going through that and being a mom. And then a couple years later, he lost his job. And a couple years later, I started business. Um, it was really like a, a journey of personal development rather than anything else. And I think that maybe, I think it's so true what you're saying about like, you need to know who you are so that other people can actually get to know the real you instead of the like, you know, the high school Beth or the college Beth, or even like the, you know, the preschool mom Beth was a totally different person. Is there like a point in time that you can place where you're like, I, you learn, or you can go back and be like, I, this is where I learned something. And this is where I turned for me. Yeah. So, and I would even say, whenever I think of like a turning point or when I really started to understand like what was important was 
I think I, I led the early years of my career searching for like, oh, if I just get this title or if I just make this much money or if I just get into this type of role, like that is the end goal and that everything mm-hmm. else will be gravy. And you do all of that and you're working towards all of that and it's exciting and it's exhilarating. And then when you get there, there's still that feeling of emptiness mm-hmm. and you're like, well, what did I learn about myself? Everything that I've been working towards is now, it's not what I thought. And I completely, I'm, I feel unfulfilled. And I think that's where I got at the end. I know that's where I got at the end of my corporate career in which it was like, if you leave and start this business, like it has to be more, it has to be for more than just money because mm-hmm. that was not fulfilling. And it has to be structured in a way where it's not, you know, burnout nonstop, like that is unfulfilling. And so I think learning all of that, and I don't think, I never think you have to go through like a hard time or anything like that to really get to it. But I feel like a lot of people, when they do tell their story, there is a light bulb moment or there are times in which they get to a point, something that they thought they were like working towards and it showed up to be a little bit empty. And so that was a turning point for me where I said, okay, if I start this business, like, what is the purpose of this? Why am, why do I feel so passionate about helping women, you know, grow their business and be really good at serving their clients and getting to the next level? Um, what is in that for me? Because it's not just about like the income. Right. What is it about? Uh, for for me, I, re- I, I get a high off of seeing women that they believed in their self to start a business and that maybe that has not dropped off, but maybe there's like a flat line and we now Mm -hmm. essentially need to reignite that in them, their like belief in themselves and why they're there and what they have to offer in the future and just starting them to get back into what they like, why they really started this and to tap in. It really goes back into that like self-discovery and like why they why did why they deserve to be in the spot that they are? I truly get a high off of that. I think I, I've told the story before. I was like the worst manager in history because all I ever did with my team was help them get new jobs and like believe in themselves and like <laughs> essentially like get them off my Come like, on. <laughs> like you guys can do so many great things. Like you're so good at this. Like you need to be doing this over here. And then I'm like, wait a second, where is everyone? Um I genuinely like get a high off of that um, and really simplifying things so that women can go and take action. Yeah, no, I really enjoy that. And, you know, I'm glad you didn't say like be in service because being, it's so much more than being in service. And I connect with that because when I can work with a client and get them to a point where like, they're not, they're no longer saying why me? They're saying, why not me? Why can't I, why can't I, I talk about the time. I'm going to be on Good Morning America next year. The next 12 months, that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be making cocktails or I'm going to be talking about asking for what you want or something in the between, or maybe even the podcast, which would be nice. Um, and that's, that's my dream. And that's going to happen for me. But being able to say that is when my clients can, st- I can cry about it, but my clients can step up and, and proclaim what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and understand that their why is not about, you know, we ask a lot of, and I do an exercise with my clients. That's about um, why do you want to be successful? And then you ask, why is that important? Why is that important? And you do it seven times. It's not my exercise. It's an exercise I got from Tony Robbins. Um, and the, the, when you get to the bottom, that's your actual why. 
Mm-hmm. And for me, it was for me to be seen and heard and to help other people be seen and heard too. Because I know growing up in the 80s and 90s, like we weren't brought up to be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that you're a little bit younger than me, but I think that you and, and women younger than you got a little bit more of that. Like it's okay to be seen and heard and, and you should be. So when I can help people do that, it just makes my world, especially when I can see them on TV. Like when I can watch somebody I've worked with on TV and I know how they're feeling in that moment on live television, like my brain explodes. Yes. So I, I totally connect with what you're saying. Oh, I love that. And you also just mentioned something that we didn't talk about, but something that I'm so passionate about. And I wish, and I, and I, and you know, part of my like mission is to get women more comfortable with this, but like asking for what you want. Mm-hmm. When people, when people, when I get asked, like, what made you successful, like in corporate and now one of my answers is always, I was never afraid to ask what I wanted, whether it, whether it was like a yes or a no, I always mm-hmm. found the courage or felt worthy enough of at least asking and then would prepare myself for the response. Without being connected to that response, it sounds like. Yeah. Without. That's amazing knowing that it was something that I wanted and something that I could have, I just need, and, and it all goes back to, I talk about this a lot, but just the idea of being uh, like resourceful and kind of connected to, connected to that, that level of self-worth on uh, like whether this plays out in my favor or not, like at least I asked, I'd rather live with that. And I think a lot of people wouldn't, I think a lot of people do struggle with that self-worth piece. Is there something that you had to struggle through or maybe your mom gave it to you? You know, I always think self-worth for me always transports back to being a kid. Like yeah. something that, that it transports you back to. Yeah. You know, I think that when I think of like my, I definitely think it ties back to like how you were raised and your parents. And, you know, I've, my mother did not go to college. Um, she was not a stay-at-home mom. She worked full-time. And so I think there was always this struggle of like, well, I wish I could be a stay. She wished she could be a stay-at-home mom or she wished it was always like um, there was a, like a, a lack of self-worth because she wasn't able to stay at home and she always had to work right. full-time. And so I think growing up with that, there was a part of me that always thought like, okay, well, I have to go to college and then I have to get that really good job, which I talked about. Yeah. That didn't give me any like any self-worth other than- <laughs> Didn't fulfill uh, it. Yeah, it didn't fulfill it, but it did, yeah. it did allow me to see, I think the, the light bulb for me there was that hard work truly is not, um, you know, in working 60, 70 hours a week, or it's mm-hmm. not, you know, on like what your actual title is. And so I think learning, learning through that and, and sort of, um, growing up that way was really, really eye-opening because I'm like, okay, well she did this and wasn't, you know, lacked a little bit of like worthiness. And so if I do these different things, maybe that will be fulfilling. And, you know, I told the story of that kind of leaves you unfulfilled. So I do think that self-worth does tie back to parents and you're growing up. Yeah. It always does. I think it, I think it always does, at least for me. Um, but for you to be able to work to, stretch yourself through that and really come out the other side and now be able to help lots and lots of other women. Um, because I think that everything we do is really, it, we're all personal development companies. You know, I work with um, Jen Gottlieb and Chris Winfield and they talk about this, like they're a personal development company. They just use media as their medium. 
And I, and I feel like you do the same thing. You use sales and your masterminds and your, your support as your medium for people to grow because, you know, entrepreneurship is really just growing. I think it's not about business. It really isn't. Like you said, anyone can do this. Mm-hmm. It's just no, the know-how, but it's really about being able to stretch. It is. And I love that you framed it that way. You're right. And I feel like sometimes I get a little caught up when people are like, well, um, well, what do you do? Or, you know, are you like, a, I, I always cringe when people are like, are you like a sales or strategy expert? And I'm like, oh God, like, I, I don't think I would <laughs> like classify myself like that. I just really love empowering other people to like believe in themselves and go do whatever it is they want to do. That is like my sole uh, mission is for people to really believe in themselves to go after whatever it is and to not settle. If we could just get more people to believe that there are options and that you don't have to settle and that doesn't have to be as hard as you think, I think is really important. It really doesn't. So when you're having those moments of, you know, maybe not a hundred percent believing yourself or a hundred percent, you know, your self-worth is where it, where you like it to be. What do you do to help yourself get back to that point? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of investing. I have no problem investing in myself. And so I like to surround myself with people that are um, ahead of me or that have, you know, gone through these type of growing pains and probably are growing through their own. But I, I enjoy surrounding myself with people like that. So whether it's other people that are in my specific um, industry or people that are completely separate, but I always like surrounding myself with people a couple of levels ahead of me to really talk me through, like, does this feel normal? Should I, like, is this a question I should be having? Um, point me in the right direction right now. Um, I think those waves definitely come and go. And Mm -hmm. um, so I really enjoy my first reaction is to always go to that type of community or to other people. Um, And then I also really do well, and I'm learning this, I would have never thought this was, this would be something in which that would help me. But um, like stepping away from work and business and really just completely unplugging and turning off is really eye opening mm-hmm. for me. And I think sometimes we view that as a time to unplug and learn more about like where we want to take our business, but I actually do a lot of uh, like self reflection in that time. And so that can be really helpful oh, for me. That's good. Do you journal? I do journal. Um, I do journal. I was con- pretty consistent with it. Um, I, I, I come back and forth with it, uh, but I do love journaling. Um, I love reading, but I only read personal development. So sometimes when I'm trying to like turn my brain off, like the last thing I need to do is go like read some more about personal development. Um, So yes, journaling is really important. And then, um, you know, Fred gets a lot of walks. So sometimes those are my best like thinking times. Yes, I'm with you. I like, I like the good dog walk. And for me, you know, lately what I've been doing is since the kids are home, they've been watching the TV show Chuck from like 10 years ago. Okay. It was a TV show on NBC. It was a, like a spy sitcom. And I watched, it's 22 minutes. I watched 22 minutes with them. And then I can get back to work because my head, you know, it's like 22 minutes of turning it off without turning it off. And then I can reset and do that kind of stuff. I'm not a journaler. I have, I should send you all my journals because I'm not, I tried. I just don't, you know, I like to do, I, I do voice texts and said, I'm a, I, I'm much, a much better talker. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like talk it out. Um, but I'm, I'm with you, uh, Spike and Benny and I like to go on like to lots of long walks, even though I'm still teaching Benny how to walk on a leash. It's not as much fun, but Spike <laughs> and I over the last 
uh, eight years have gotten a lot to do that. Danielle, it's been so nice to talk to you again. I could talk to you forever. I appreciate you so much for coming on and really being open and vulnerable. I do have two last questions for you. The first one is, what's your favorite cocktail? Oh, a dirty martini. Oh, like a dirty martini. Chilled glass? Yes, please. Blue cheese stuffed olives? Absolutely. I wish I could have more of those right now. (laughs) And the last question I like to ask my guests is, you could tell your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Mm, um, create your own path. Forget about what people in your family or close friends are doing. Um, go out and try things. Move away. Yeah, create your own path for sure. I love that. I love move away. That's a really good. That's a that's a really good hack, Danielle. Before we go, I know you have a product coming out, and I believe it's the Sales Confidence Academy. All the contact info will be in the notes, but please tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So it is the program that I built um, after my career in sales and strategy and operations. I wanted to package up those tools that I've, I've seen work in corporate and I've seen work in the entrepreneur uh, world. And I want to give those to other women. And it's an eight week long program. We talk through everything through building out product suite, pricing, negotiating, um, objection handling, everything that really comes down to how do you convert someone that's just watching you versus someone that's actually paying you and find, making sure it's the right people. And so that cool. is all in the Sales Confidence Academy. And it kind of ties back to what we were talking around, um, incorporating not only the business, but the personal side of it. So that's why the word confidence is in there because it plays so heavily into people believing in you, but you've got to believe in yourself first. Everyone sign up right now because not only will you love Danielle's business acumen, but also working with her is fantastic. Danielle, thank you so much. Sending you lots of love. Thank you so much, Beth. This was fantastic. Thanks for joining me this week on Behind the Spotlight. Make sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in the show, I'd love a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about it and that would help me out too. But if you like the show and you want to check out more, look me up at BethNightick.com. Plus, now I'm offering private 90-minute intensive strategy sessions. You might want to get in on that, too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Behind the Spotlight.